welcome to the Marvel Studios News Podcast. My name is Sean Gerber. I am joined, as always, by Paul Herman. Paul, how's it going? Uh, it's pretty good. Pretty good. Just uh, going through all the all the crazy uh, Academy Award nominees. Mm. You know, movies I need to see. I'm gonna go see Vice this weekend with my with my uh, with my wife and her family, and it's gonna be fun. So yeah, it's gonna be got a lot to talk about for Academy Award stuff. It's also surreal very surreal <laughs> yes yes the subject of this conversation is going to be the seven oscar nominations that black panther received this week including the first ever best picture nomination for a movie based on comic book superheroes there was also a best visual effects academy award nomination for Avengers Infinity War. I don't want to slight that in any sort of way, uh, but mainly we're going to talk about Black Panther and the nominations that it received. But before we get into it, Paul, please join me in thanking Connor Harrigan and Maya. They are the latest patrons for the Marvel Studios oh. News Patreon, which means they're getting access to all kinds of exclusive shows and content, as well as our Discord, which Paul is absolutely loving right now. Yes, uh, so yes. I, have, I love the Discord, man. Yeah, yeah. they have access to all of that. Uh, and for more information on the different tiers that we have available and all of the different exclusive content that we have and the Discord, please visit patreon.com slash Marvel Studios News. So I'm not going to say I told you so, Paul, even though I did tell you so. <laughs> we, you did. We you recorded did. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, we recorded our show last week, and then after the show, we were talking about, well, what are we going to talk about next week? And I said, well, I'm pretty sure you know the Oscar nominations are going to be on Tuesday, the 22nd. I think Black Panther's going to do very well. It's going to get nominated for Best Picture. And I wasn't the only one making that prediction. It was widely believed that Black, Pan- uh, Black Panther was going to be nominated for Best Picture. But I think in your case, Paul, I, I mean, I, I know you're just not like me in the way that I, I mean, I follow the award stuff pretty yeah. closely each year, mm-hmm. especially when yeah. there's a superhero movie in contention. And so I've been following Black Panther all the way through, through seeing it getting nominated by the various guilds and, and, and all the major Oscar precursors, except uh, Best Director nomination at the Directors Guild Awards for Ryan Coogler. So everything outside of that went uh, was all looking like Black Panther was going to be nominated for a Best Picture Oscar. So I wasn't surprised, but surreal, as you mentioned a a few minutes ago, that's a great word for it because there was still that part of me. I can't lie and act like, even though I Mm -hmm. had assumed for months that this was going to happen, there was still that part of me that was still thinking, what if, in classic Marvel comic fashion, (laughs) what if the Academy actually finds a way to screw this up and they don't nominate Black Panther for Best Picture. So as the nominations were going in, I was paying uh, very close attention to all the categories where Black Panther was getting nominations. And when it didn't get adapted screenplay, I thought, uh-oh. And then I, th- I, still get, I still think it's going to get picture. I still think it's going to get picture, but just a tiny little seed of doubt. And then, of course, as I started reading the nominees, Black Panther was right there because they're read in, uh, in alphabetical order. And it was just... It's amazing to see, and we'll talk, we're going to talk plenty about it, but just the fact that this has even happened, that a Marvel Studios movie, a superhero movie, we've been following these movies for a long time, 
We've seen yeah. movies that we thought should be in contention and then weren't nominated. We've been through this process before, and usually we don't get the results that we're looking for, or that we're hoping for, not for our own sake to validate our opinions, but for the sake of those to recognize the people who've done such a great job making these movies that we love. You know, we've had so many disappointments in this respect, but to finally have it and hear it. Here is a movie that's been nominated for Best Picture by the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, and it deserves it. It's so weird for someone like me who grew up on, you know, Marvel comic books, reading Marvel comic books, and to have, you know, DC be the the main one at the theater and a couple random other, you know, the Shadow, the Rocketeer, other random characters getting on the screen before, uh, you know, Marvel characters. Phantom. And, <laughs> fa- oh, good Lord, Phantom. By the way, the mid-90s had a really crazy, obscure superhero thing. And I have them all on uh, Dick Tracy. Uh, I have oh, all I the Blu-rays. Dick Tracy. and, uh, Dick Tracy's great. Um, me and Bolger always talk about tra- Dick Tracy. We're big you know Dick Tracy why? fans. But you know why that happened in the mid-90s? And I know this is a tangent to everybody. But, we love tangents. But Come the on. reason that happened in the mid-90s is because studios could afford to make them. You know, like they're, yeah. these are low-budget characters that don't mm-hmm. have superpowers, or if they do, it's stuff that can be achieved fairly easily. I mean, it goes back to why we weren't getting so many yeah. Marvel films in the 80s and 90s as we were getting Superman movies and Batman movies. It's just the power's more complex, and to really pull it off in a believable way that audiences would embrace, the the technology just wasn't there. Yeah, exactly. And so you you read the stuff. And now you kind of talked about you followed the award stuff, and I don't follow it as much as I used to. I definitely liked – I was definitely more into watching award movies when I was younger. Even as a kid, I, I've always was, was uh, well, enthralled. There used to be but, a lot more overlap between awards movies and the movies that you were watching anyway. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a good that's a great point because you know I saw Forrest Gump in the theater before I it was like you know my mom was like we're gonna go see a Tom Hanks movie I'm like sweet yeah, sweet I'm in. Yeah, Tom yeah, Hanks, yeah yeah you done. know exactly yeah <laughs> yeah exactly you got I'm it in. yeah yeah oh rat let's go do this right now <laughs> all right I'll be in the car mom let's go yeah <laughs> Robert Zemeckis who's that um you know and, oh that's the guy who did Jack the Future oh my god yeah so who is that that's the guy from the Stan the Stan miniseries. Um, anyway, uh, I'm I'm getting deep on you guys, all you nineties kids out there. Um, but yeah, like, you know, I watched a lot of that stuff and I liked it and, you know, I knew, and as I got older, you, you, you'd never, I never saw movies that I love besides like a Forrest Gump or something like that, that you kind of connected with as a kid that you, or you started to understand and understand that this movie is, is a good movie. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, very rare were there things that I loved and I would devour that I would consider like this is the best movie ever, and like other scholars, quote yeah. unquote, quotes would would consider that. And I knew, like, for instance, I knew, I I've, as I got older, I realized, oh yeah, Star Wars was nominated in 1977, or in, for the you know when it came out in 1977, and never won. You know, and then you go through, and there's probably other accounts, but the other ones I could, that come off the top of the, on my head is the Lord of the Rings trilogy. And you've got like, you know, that was like to me like the nerd geek culture or whatever pop culture. You know, I hate calling geek nerds. There's always a negative connotation to it. So I don't know what else to call it, but whatever. Just yeah, I don't really comic- know if there is anymore. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But 
but geek culture, like, you know, Lord of the Rings, I felt was like the next step of like, hey, take us seriously because this is still great, you know, great art, whether it's, you know, big budget art or, you know, small art house art. You know, there's Mm -hmm. no you can't you if you're you know competing in this and you're trying to you know uh, nominate without bias, you got to do that with everything equally and the lord of the rings films were getting the fair shot and of course you know like they kept losing or they wouldn't nominate Andy circus and and there was you know people kept saying why you should nominate him there was always a little bit of a controversy but things started it felt like things started kind of shifting a tad a little bit with the lord of the rings trilogy what every year they would yeah they were nominated and then return of the king won a bunch of oscars including best picture (laughs) Yeah, and it's all about makeup calls on that one. And I still, it, and I still, it, it was even a though I achievement loved, award. It was a, nope. it was mm-hmm. a lifetime trilogy achievement award for those yeah. films. And but you know what, you take it. And if you Absolutely. follow the Academy Awards particularly, and you, you could make this case probably for every award show, but it's especially been true of the Academy because Return of the King is not my favorite Lord of the Rings film. I don't Same. really think it's the best Thanks, one. Bro. But you don't always win for the one you deserve to win for. Like, it it doesn't always happen. I mean, Martin Scorsese could have won Best Director several times before The Departed. Uh, And that's not to say anything negative about The Departed, but I don't think that's the first time he deserved to win Best Director. And and sometimes sometimes this stuff happens. I mean, look at Bradley Cooper, who didn't make the list for Best Director, even though he was an overwhelming favorite. Uh, considered by many to make the list for best director, and a lot of times it happens where you don't get uh, you don't get that call the first time. It took a while for Christopher Nolan too, even other times when he deserved to be there. Sometimes it takes the Academy a while to catch up because for whatever reason, call it politics, call it whatever you want, but they don't necessarily recognize you in a timely fashion. Sometimes they miss you and then they come back around to you. And that's not to say that when you get the recognition, you don't deserve it. It's just to mm-hmm. say that the, the the recognition doesn't always happen consistently right as it's deserved and in every instance in which it's deserved. Go, I know the the elephant in the room when you talk about Oscars and superhero movies is everybody goes back to The Dark Knight because yeah. we had Lord of the Rings winning Oscars with Return of the King. A few years later, Dark Knight comes out and everybody thinks this is going to be the one it's it was the movie of the year in 2008. People absolutely loved it. It was critically acclaimed. It did very well in the award circuit leading up to the Oscars. But then when the nominations were announced, The Dark Knight was left off the list. Now, back then, there were only five nominees. That was the max, nom- or it wasn't even max. There were just there would just be five Best Picture nominees. And because of the controversy... Because of the Dark Knight being snubbed, it led to changes where initially they made it so that 10 films would be nominated. And that hel- that helped fix the issue of having movies that were maybe a little more popular, that were genre films, blockbusters, that were also critically acclaimed, could also do well and, and be represented in the Best Picture race. That's when Movies like Inception got nominated, and Avatar, and District 9, and Up was nominated for Best Animated Feature and Best Picture, I think, in the same year. I can't remember if that happened with Toy Story 3 or not as well, but there was, mm-hmm. you know, these things happened, but then they changed the rules again to where instead of it being 10, it would be up to 10, 
But in order to be one of the nominees, you had to have enough first place votes or second place votes from a huge chunk of the Academy. So basically the rule was for you to be a nominee for Best Picture, there has to be a sizable portion of the Academy that actually thinks that you that that this film was the best of the year. It can't it's not a top ten list. The best picture nominees are not the Academy's top ten list. I think it's what, eight nominees this year. It's not a top eight list. It doesn't work that way. It's just a collection of these are the films that had the biggest percentage of the Academy that felt that that they, that these films were number one on their list. So for Black Panther to be nominated, that means it's number one on a lot of Academy voter lists. Uh, to be here for Best Picture. And so it's not just that Black Panther solely benefits from the fact that there are more than five nominees. And and so I know there was some temptation yesterday by some to give credit to The Dark Knight for Black Panther being nominated. It doesn't really work that way. Black Panther yeah, was a nomination on its, own, on its own merits. And it, it was earned by everybody who made that film as special as it was. What Dark Knight can get credit for is something that Black Panther will get credit for going forward, which is reshaping the conversation. Because with superhero movies, even as other genre films had been nominated in the past by the Academy, people still weren't talking very seriously about these superhero movies that had been coming out for several years at that point. The first movie that I remember a notable critic saying, and that's not to, at least a critic that I knew and was very much aware of, as most people were, was uh, Spider-Man 2. That was the first time it, I heard a critic that I was very familiar with actually saying this should be an Oscar contender. And that was Roger Ebert said that about Spider-Man 2 in 2004. And that, But it never went anywhere. It never gained any traction past that. And then in Dark Knight, there was more traction. And, and in the wake of the Dark Knight being snubbed, it at least put superhero movies on the radar of the best picture conversation, not necessarily within the Academy, but at least within the media that covers the Academy and covers Academy Awards of looking for the next superhero movie. What's going to be the one that breaks free and becomes a best picture contender? And that's an important step to even have people uh, looking at superhero movies and having them on the radar as something that could potentially be nominated for best picture. And so that's why, Going into 2012, there was a lot of talk of can The Dark Knight Rises be nominated because Dark Knight almost got it and it was snubbed, so maybe Rises will get it as a makeup for Dark Knight, but not enough people thought highly enough of The Dark Knight Rises for that to happen. But Thank it, God. The, <laughs> well, the conversation actually shifted in 2012 to The Avengers. Should The Avengers be the one that's nominated? It wasn't a very loud conversation, but I heard it and it was out there, uh, and it didn't happen, and then there was some talk... Again, not very loud, but it was out there for Guardians of the Galaxy in 2014. Uh, maybe the loudest it's ever been until Black Panther this year and since Dark Knight was Deadpool because Deadpool got nominated for a Golden Globe for musical or, and for Best Picture, Musical or Comedy. But a lot of people forgot that the Golden Globes don't have anything to do with the Oscars. It's not the same voting body at all. They don't overlap. So, uh, but... It was still there. It was a conversation. People thought it was something that might actually happen. And there was some talk of it for Wonder Woman last year. But again, nothing. I mean, I don't think Wonder Woman ever really got close. And I don't think Deadpool ever really got that close. So Black Panther was certainly the most serious that conversation had been since The Dark Knight. But I think The Dark Knight went a long way in getting the conversation started. But 
whatever film came along still had to be worthy. And Black Panther is the one that's finally been deemed worthy. And that's not for... I'm not making the argument that Black Panther is the first film that deserved a Best Picture nomination. I certainly think The Dark Knight did 10 years ago. Uh, and I'm not, I don't even think Black Panther is the only film this year, from uh, the only superhero film from 2018 that deserves a Best Picture nomination. I think Avengers mm-hmm. Infinity War did as well, yeah. but it just mm-hmm. wasn't recognized. But Black Panther was, uh, and it deserves to be, and I'm really thrilled that this happened. Uh, I'm f- uh, thrilled primarily for everybody, again, who deserves the credit and the recognition for making Black Panther as amazing as that film is. Uh, and I'm also happy for the genre overall because, like The Dark Knight helped reshape the conversation, this is the next major step in reshaping the conversation of now we know that these films can be nominated for Best Picture because it's happened, so it can happen again. And then we'll see, you know, the conversation could shift to not only can they be nominated but can they win for best picture and black panther still is in contention to win uh for best picture i don't think it's just an honorary nomination i think it has a legitimate chance to win Uh, but we'll see what the result of that is next month but just in terms of being nominated and being more seriously considered this is a huge step that Mm -hmm. will benefit everybody who's operating in this genre i don't care if you're marvel dc Mm -hmm. or the guys making phantom or shadow and trying to reboot those don't care Mm -hmm. it benefits everybody Absolutely. The the fact superheroes are the, you know, these archetypes that we all, you know, it, it, it all depends on what, where you come from with superheroes and they all superheroes come from comic books. And with with that, it comes with that whole the, the comic book and superhero movies. If you, you know, I, I always struggle calling uh, superhero movies, comic book movies, because that's not always the case. Because there's like American Splendor, Ghost sure. Worlds, or comic book movies that are not superheroes. Obviously, um, those are great movies, but they're not com- they're not superhero movies. But so I try to I'm trying to do better and say superhero movies because Unbreakable is a superhero movie. Anyway, um, yeah. but w- when you talk about these, these if superheroes, I want to be really technical about it and not lazy, I try to say superhero based yeah. movies. Because mm, I like that because mm, even like Kevin that. Feige has been trying to say for years and, and nobody takes him up on it and carries it forward. So I'm, I'm doing my best and not that he listens to the show, but just in case I do my best to try. <laughs> Although actually, that's there you a go. Lie. I haven't done my best. I've made a minimal effort <laughs> to try mm-hmm. right. and change it and talk, talk about these things as superhero based movies, because as he says, you know, saying calling them superhero movies, you know, sets them up as a genre and mm-hmm. The problem with that is, and in some, I think there are enough similar tropes in superhero movies to go ahead and call it a genre. But at the same time, we've seen, thanks to The Dark Knight and also thanks to a lot of the stuff that Marvel Studios has been doing, we've seen these movies that are based on superheroes be completely different kinds of movies that bleed into Absolutely. other, you know, other genres of film. So, you know, that's what, yeah, superhero based, I think, is the the best phrase to describe it. But I still think superhero movies is fair to use yeah so you know, when you're back in the day and when comic books started there was always that adolescent feel and it took years and years and years for them to trump that because the audience that was introduced to these characters like the like the marvel characters started writing the marvel comic books like jerry conway's and roy thomas's you know they grew up reading stan lee comic books and they in their early 20s they take over and from there the audience builds and, you know, and even though there is some adolescence, it's not as much. It's getting older and older and more sophisticated. 
And and through that, superheroes become more sophisticated and more complicated, and they even become even more um, relatable. You know, through as we through the ages of, of realizing that you know these superheroes appeal to the kid in all of us because again they're archetypes. There's, you know, everyone wants to be strong, or everyone everyone wants to climb on walls and have a superpower, or can identify with the hero that does end up losing sometimes, like a Spider-Man, and things like that. And these are all things that we all relate to as you know as as children, and as we get older, those things don't really go away. And for some people, they do. And that's and that's fine. And and you know they grew up and they did you know they do Burning Man or something. I don't know. I mean whatever. But the the point is this: is that we as people, so a lot of us, the people listening to the show, we identify with superheroes and we have a connection with them. And back in the day, the only time only time we could do that is with comic books. And in, in order to take it seriously to the medium, or excuse me, to the characters themselves, it was only through the comic books. It was even in the movies, it was hit and miss. And you'd be like, well, that's not really my character or whatever. And now what's happened is superheroes now, instead of being protected and being treated as this is only for kids, it's actually going more broader. And or getting broader should be better English, and <laughs> and, and so my wife, my wife would kill me. Um, English ex, ex English teacher ex English teacher. So as it gets broader, the scope and the ideas of the of the films get broader. And I and I I'm for one uh, for me I like a little bit of everything. I don't, I think I don't want a superhero movie to be the same thing over and over again. It could be, I don't want it to be all Avengers. One of my favorite movies of all time. I don't want them all to be the dark Knight, One of my favorite movies of all no. time. You know, totally I don't, right. I don't want them to be one thing. I want them to be all things to everybody. And I want, I want variety. Now, the reason I'm bringing all this up is that again, in the comic books, it took a while for comic books to be kind of started getting respected. It took a while for them to start saying, man, this is a legitimate art form. It's not just some stupid thing with, you know, like like animation, right? How long did it take animation to be taken seriously? How long did Walt Disney have to work to get animation well, like and hey, I think what yeah, and, and I, I agree with you that a lot of these things take they take time. But I think what's interesting about comic books as as a medium, and then of course as that translates to superhero based films, is that <laughs> comic books finally started getting a little more respect as far as their artistic integrity goes when it came to the eighties and dark Knight returns and Watchmen. Yep. yep. But where I was going, yeah. there's that other part of it though. It's, there is that part of gaining that respect for what you're doing now, having evolved as an art form, but then there also has to be that retroactive, retroactive respect. And it took even longer for that to happen. And I don't even know if it's fully happened of saying there was good stuff here all along. Not all, mm -hmm. you know, not everything was a gem, but there was great material here and there has mm -hmm. been great material here for a long time. It's great that you loved Dark Knight Returns and that you loved Watchmen, but there are a lot of other stories that you could have loved and they're very different than those, but that doesn't mean that they have, mm -hmm. you know, that there are any lesser less value comes to quality yeah. or value. And I think it's kind of the same thing with superhero movies where there had to be almost this overreaction where, and I'm not calling saying that that applies to dark Knight, but where dark Knight comes in and it's this modern crime drama dressed up as a comic book movie. And, you know, and it, and it plays like a modern crime drama that just so happens to feature a guy in a bat costume 
and a guy in a clown costume. And that's great. It's a fantastic film and it totally plays that way and it's right and it works for the characters that are being served in that story. But then something like Avengers comes along and even Iron Man to a, you know, maybe not quite the same extent, but in, in that same year in 2008, what Marvel was showing was, look, we can do different things with our films, but there's also really nothing wrong with some classic superhero fun and we can still tell meaningful stories while we're doing that. And then to your point about superhero-based movies evolving, I think that's been critical to Marvel. Mm-hmm. You know, there were all these accusations. I mean, there are still these accusations, these criticisms of Marvel of every movie's the same. And I never really bought into that argument, but I think that argument has gotten weaker as Marvel's gone on uh, mm-hmm. because we've seen them have even more variety in the types of films they're making especially in this phase three era. It's just been incredible the different kinds of things that they're doing. That a film like Thor Ragnarok and Black Panther came out within three months of each other from the same studio just shows how you know how Marvel is willing to go just in completely different directions with these films. And so and that's essential. And hope and I hope that this is a step. I'm glad that Black Panther's been recognized, but it's also I think an important step in looking at the way this genre or, you know, even though superhero movies, it's not an exclusive genre where if you are a superhero based movie, that means you're only a superhero movie, that they can be all kinds of different things. And they actually need to be in order for this to continue, in order for this to be worthwhile, in order for this to continue to excite the people who are making them. I mean, I don't think Kevin Feige would be super excited if he felt like he was making the same movie over and over again, which is why he's not and why he keeps trying to do different things with these films and they're succeeding because he's finding the right filmmakers to help him do it or to really yeah. lead it for him and that he just, that, that he helps. No. And, and that's the thing when you, we, we have this development you had a great point there, Sean, was that when you have high, high things like the Watchmen and the dark Knight returns in the eighties, it didn't demean the, the things that came before it, you know, it's just, people didn't take it seriously because, Oh, that's kid stuff. There's nothing, you know, there's nothing to really look in there. Cause, and again, there's because these people don't, didn't realize it. And they once it hit them in the face, you know, it, it gets nominated for one of the best, you know, novels of all time, like in time magazine with Watchmen. And so it, it, you know, they'll, when once it hits them, they're like, "Oh man, this is mm-hmm. this is legit. This is wow!" And they realize, like you said, what's come before it. Like even you know, DC movies, Marvel films, they've all been building towards, you know, bringing the superhero, you know, archetypes and the ideas behind mm-hmm. that to you know to a bigger, wider audience and telling a bigger message. And this is where, again, where Black Panther was way more than I was expecting. Mm-hmm. I remember, you know, I, in fact, Black Panther remains to be um, <clears throat> besides Thor Ragnarok, which my wife loved because it's so funny, and entertaining. Black Panther is to this day, besides The Dark Knight, one of the only movies, superhero films that that she legitimately would like get emotional in. Mm-hmm. And Black Panther has now bridged that gap. It's not here, and I'll be quite honest with everyone. It's not my favorite of the year by any, by by any means. Like I think Infinity War is by far my favorite superhero movie of 2018. Mm-hmm. And again, I I I know for me why Infinity War is. It's it's so it's a you know there's so we can go into it forever. Well, and and but, favorites a different conversation than best exactly. anyway. Yes, but as far as 
looking at the like we talked about the themes and the ideas and again the worldview that Black Panther gives us it's it's timeless it's something that we you know we're they're using the superhero tropes to tell a story that is so much more powerful than we that again that we could that you can you can put anyone in those themes and those ideas and they'd still be powerful it just happen to be superheroes it's like the dark knight mm-hmm. right it's like that whole idea of you know we're taking these serious ideas but yet they're having costumes on while they're talking mm-hmm. or or whatever and that to me is what makes a black panther film so so important so mm-hmm. powerful and, and why it's you know again why they nominated this film and it's it's incredible to me because again i wasn't prepared for it yeah. and i'm not sure anyone including yeah. academy will I, i'm glad you i'm glad you're saying this about black panther and the way that there's this is where i think ryan coogler did just a masterful job and it's not just him i mean it was co-written uh, by joe robert cole I do think Ryan Coogler should have been nominated for director and they should have been nominated for best adapted screenplay. More on that when we get into the complaint section. But, um, you know, I, I'm glad you're recognizing that because I've seen some of that out there. And I'm not going to dwell on what really too much on other people saying that they don't think this movie deserves it for whatever reason. I don't really care because it's not about them. This is about celebrating Black Panther. And I absolutely uh, 100% believe that it... It deserves every nomination that it received from the Academy and a couple more. I think it deserves to win Best Picture this year. I actually think it's going to win Best Picture. It's not the favorite. It's not the front runner. But I've been saying it on the Patreon. I might as well throw it out here. I think it's going to win. I don't feel overwhelmingly confident about it. But right now, I'm just going ahead and putting it out there that I think Black Panther is going to win. But even if it doesn't, uh, just to be clear... I don't want it to seem like this is a disappointment later if it doesn't win. I know it's a cliche to say it's an honor to be nominated. In this case, it's 100% true because no film that's been based on comic book superheroes has ever been nominated. So in many ways, this already is a significant victory for Black Panther. But getting back to that point that it deserves to be there, this is not a superficial popcorn superhero adventure. It has some of those elements. It is entertaining, like a classic superhero movie should be. It's funny. It's thrilling. It has great action. It has great characters. But there is so much more here. This film is rich, and it runs deep with the thematic complexity that it offers from the experience of the African-American, the experience of some of people from a an African nation that was not touched by colonization and the entire struggle with identity and by giving characters meaningful things to say to one another and different points of view on who they are and what they owe to each other, which translates to what we owe to each other as people. All of that is there in Black Panther. And so if anyone wants to just try and pretend that it's not there, we can debate over the execution and how well the film actually executes on its ambition. But to act as if the ambition isn't even there to begin with or that none of these kinds of things are even at all present in the film, that's just blatantly false. Uh, this movie has a lot going for it for in, in every way that The Dark Knight 
was deep and complex in the way it dealt with a lot of post 9-11 war on terror paranoia and the ethical questions involved in that. Black Panther runs just as deep, if not deeper, with the themes that play out in its story. And so this is something that is incredibly ambitious. We talked about it in our spoiler review. I think we've talked about it multiple times since then. I was already feeling pretty great about the film when I was watching it and how much it was challenging its audience to really think about the experience of its characters. Whether that's an experience that they know because they've personally been through it in their own lives, or even if it's somebody like me who hasn't had those experiences, but I can still empathize with the characters because this is what they're saying and I am hearing it, I am listening it, I am listening to them and understanding what they're going through, at least being able to have a much better idea when I imagine what they're going through and the challenges that they've faced, much in the same way that people of color have been going through and imagining what the problems were for white characters like Steve Rogers or Tony Stark. It's that same process. It's just now, you know, in some ways it's reversed, but it's really not reversed. (laughs) So, you know, for Black Panther to be able to achieve the things that that it did and, and challenge the audience in that way, I was I was blown away as I was watching the film, but then what really puts it what really brings it to a close is that last line from Killmonger when he says, you know, like just bury me in the ocean with my ancestors because they knew that death was better than bondage. And when he says that line, I just thought, wow, it's already been pretty clear to me that that Marvel was operating on a different level with this movie and there was more, you know, this was another, a whole new level of ambition from Marvel and their storytelling and where they were willing to go in the story that just put, you know, that was the exclamation mark on it. And that was the point where I was convinced that this was going to be a best picture contender. And and it proved to be, and not just more of a contender, an actual nominee. This, this movie, absolutely 100%. uh, There's not a doubt in my mind that it deserves to be there. And, as far as you know, comparing it to Infinity War, as I said, I think Infinity War deserves to be nominated for Best Picture for different reasons. I've said it, uh, I said it throughout all of last year. I couldn't really pick between these two films. I think Black Panther is the best, more, uh, more traditional standalone film that Marvel has ever made. Infinity War is their best team-up slash crossover or event film, and it's hard to compare the two because they both have to do completely different things. But I understand why Black Panther was a better, uh, you know, a a stronger candidate when it came to Oscar consideration for Best Picture. And it's not about social politics and things like that. There's a simple reality here. Go back and look at the past 10 years. You haven't seen a lot of nominations for Marvel. There have only been two outside of visual effects before this year. So safe to say the Academy wasn't watching all of the Marvel movies. And when you compare Black Panther to Infinity War in terms of the maximum impact that each film can have on an audience member, Black Panther will have the same maximum impact regardless of how many Marvel movies you've seen because it's totally standalone. While Infinity War is capable of standing on on its own, it's not as great of a movie if you haven't seen a big chunk of other Marvel movies. And so Mm -hmm. from the perspective of an Academy voter, which Marvel has to consider as they're deciding on resources and, and campaigning for Oscars, Infinity War was never going to have as good of a shot because the the Academy wasn't going to be as familiar with all the other Marvel movies and get the impact that they needed to, even if they sat down and watched Infinity War with the idea of seriously considering it for Best Picture. Black Panther was always going to have a better shot. 
simply as a standalone film. So even though, again, I might think Infinity War deserves to be there, it doesn't change the fact that Black Panther also deserves to be there, and it just so happens that Black Panther got the credit that it deserved. And I, we just talk about you know what it deserves, and, and, and you're right. Like I, I couldn't say it any better than you just now, Sean. You nailed everything. And I think, you know, obviously the performances by, you know, Bozeman and, and Jordan, they, they are just are unreal um, mm-hmm. in that movie. They, they To me, they are the reason why that movie is as good and way better than it had really any right to be. And because it was written really well, but they performed their their lines and they and they really gave gave their uh, the performances. their all. And. I guess what I, I want to talk about is just what this does for superhero films in general and what to expect in the future. For me, what this does, it sets a precedence now is that people that now when people in the, in who are voting the Academy or whatever, they can actually sit down and say, okay, when I go see this Spider-Man movie or when I go see this X-Men movie or whatever, like if it's a really good movie and it, and it does what I, you know, what a best picture nominee should do, I'm not going to, going to be like, Oh, but it's a comic book movie. I don't, you mm. know, no, they, they will, they can probably proudly say this needs to be on the list or whatever. I mean, this does so much for, I think just for all those things in general mm-hmm. that, that we, that the dark Knight. You know, it, it, what's unfortunate about the Dark Knight is that it had, un, un, you know, a once in a lifetime performance, you know, in, in Heath Ledger, and it would have been it would have been criminal for them to ignore that, and they didn't. And, you know, he deserved he deserved it. Whereas with Marvel films, you're getting them twice, three times a year, and they're and like we talked about, they're they're all varieties. Mm-hmm. And now what this is doing is now they can say, okay, these they're acknowledging they're not all the same, you know? Right. And I think that's, what's really critical in, in all of this is that they're saying this is not all the same. We're going to acknowledge the fact that yes, superhero movies can still deliver the same themes that we other films that are super deep and super complex and are super, uh, you know, worthy of being nominated that don't have superheroes or, you know, or, mm-hmm. you know, big fights at the end or whatever, or a rhino charging a, yeah. a giant horde of, uh, of, of, of people, you know, I mean, it's, it, there's, it gives the Academy now the flexibility to say, you know, yeah, you're right. These movies are not, like you said, like we've ignored a lot of this stuff because it is, we thought it's just kid stuff. Again, going back to the Watchmen, now people take the medium or or take now will take this this kind of subgenre I'd even say with superheroes and can look at it and say okay this is not a once in a lifetime movie cuz this is tied into a you know 10 year universe that's been built up and you know it's happens to be movie 20 whatever and it's you know it again it breaks all those boundaries that we never thought a movie deep in this crazy connected universe of 10 years would do and again, the fact they were able to look, overlook that and themselves, the fact that nominate it is so big and so big for superhero movies going forward. And I also think this gives an, an advantage for studios to make more movies like this. And I think that's what what's so fascinating, right. I think, for me with Kevin Feige is that Feige said – and again, he's just – he's like the, the pioneer, man. Like he's – 
he and not just in superhero movies i'm talking about just movies in general as far as like you know geek culture and things like that i mean like we have a movie like blade runner right head of its time no one took it seriously and now it's regarded as one of the best sci-fi movies ever made but no the academy didn't think that back then you know i mean so right now like Kevin Feige is like, no, like we're just going to keep making good movies and we're going to keep doing it. And we're going to be, we're going to embrace the themes. We're going to embrace the things that make a movie good. Well, yeah. And the fact he'll tell you, I mean, a great story is a great story. This will now let a smaller studio say, you know what? You want to tell a superhero story that's based in like, you know, whatever, like some kind of theme or some kind of, you know, whatever you want to do. You can do that. You don't have to do like the same superhero movie over and over again. And I think that's what Black Panther did. You can take like the themes of whatever the world is going through, put that in a movie, and people are going to respond. They don't have to. It doesn't have to be all escapism. Where, you know, again, you give it. It, ha- it it welcomes variety and it shows studios that people are willing to give a movie that has deeper themes that maybe is a little heavy-handed in a good way. People will give it. The, it'll give it and support it if it's done right. And Black Panther is a great example of that. Yeah, well, it's it comes down to the storytelling, and I think what the Academy has sometimes forgotten, especially in the last several years, is that a great movie is a great movie, regardless of genre. And particularly with Kevin Feige, what I think he's been showing since Iron Man, and then. Ryan Coogler, I think, takes that ball and runs with it and gets to reaches another level here with Black Panther is one of my favorite use to one of my favorite words to use. And Thanos stole it from me is balance. Balance is has been what Marvel's about. And balance doesn't mean the same thing in every movie. It's striking the right balance with each movie, depending on what story it's trying to tell and the emotional arcs for its characters. And I think what Black Panther shows Maybe even better than The Dark Knight is because when The Dark Knight came out 10 years ago and or 10 and a half years ago and it, and everybody loved it, unfortunately, it also had a takeaway that didn't work, which is all superhero movies need to be like this. If they're going to be considered for serious awards, if they're going to be Oscar contenders or whatever, they've got to be dark and they've got to be serious. That's what has to happen because for some reason, and this is not just true of superhero movies, but this happens for movies in general and and the Academy is as guilty of feeding this perception as anybody else. But seriousness is equated with quality in a way that it doesn't, that it shouldn't, uh, that it shouldn't necessarily be. And so for the Dark Knight to be this darker, more serious take, even though I think people forget about how much humor and fun is actually in the Dark Knight, uh, but what the takeaway from it, even if it wasn't correct, is that this is what needs to happen now. And Marvel's been going their own path with it. And I think Black Panther feeds into that idea where you can have a sister joking with her brother about the shoes that are on his feet, playing a prank on him to get him you know, blown back by this new system that she put in his suit. You can have laughs, you can have humor... And yes, you can have armored rhinos charging in a battle scene. You can have all of those crazy comic book things, and you can have fun. You can have a sense of humor. You can do all of that and, a, and several other things, and you can still tell a story 
that at its core is very serious and very meaningful and strikes a chord with people. In some ways, Black Panther is, as you said, it's you know a continuation. It was the 18th film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and it, it, it's been building on a lot of the things that I think Marvel had been working on in other films, and, and Ryan Coogler you know, helped, as Feige told Coogler, as he's, as he's told the story famously now, that you know, after they, when they were in the edit bay and they finished the film, Feige said that's the best movie we've ever made, and Ryan Coogler helped them do that, obviously. He directed the thing. He led them to that. So part of it is building on what Marvel's been doing, but there is another thing of Black Panther that is once in a generation in the way that it connected with an audience. This kind of stuff isn't necessarily going to happen every year in the way that Black Panther not only was a great movie, but also just became this massive cultural event. But it still is significant, and I do think that this reshapes the conversation and opens doors for other movies to eventually be considered and perhaps nominated for Best Picture. I'm not trying to sit here and, and jump the gun and say that, well, now every year Marvel's going to get a movie nominated for Best uh, Picture, or every year there's going to be a superhero movie, regardless of the studio, that gets nominated for Best Picture. It's not like that, and it shouldn't be like that. It's not saying just the best superhero movie of a given year is automatically a Best Picture contender. It No, it doesn't work that way. But if there is one that's truly special... Or hell, if there are two that are truly special, then they can both be uh, then they can both be considered. Other superhero-based movies will eventually be nominated for Best Picture, and they will earn that on their own. But the fact that the opportunity even exists for them to be considered in that respect was aided by The Dark Knight, and then that effort was uh, went even further with Black Panther and this nomination. So. Every superhero movie that's going to come out from this day forward has a better chance at a Best Picture nomination now than they did earlier this week before the nominations were announced. And that is really significant. And I think that's going to be something that, you know, that's another cause for celebration in all this. There's plenty of reasons to just go ahead and celebrate Black Panther for all that it hit, for all that it achieved. And I also don't want to uh, I don't want to skip the nominations that uh, that Black Panther received in addition to Best Picture. So you have the nomination for Costume Design for Ruth Carter, and also with an assist. I know it's not uh, it's Ruth Carter is the costume designer, and she gets the Academy Award nomination. But I also want to mention the Marvel Studios visual development team, uh, who plays a role in designing the looks of characters in these films. Uh, particularly Anthony Francisco, who was on our show, and he helped out with uh, designing the Dora Milaje and the costumes that you see in the film. So obviously the credit in the nomination goes to Ruth Carter, but I want to make sure we're crediting a lot of different people who, because you get the department heads who are nominated in these, but there's a lot of work that goes into it from a lot of people. And I know it's the department heads are really just representing a lot of the efforts of others. But he had it nominated for sound mixing with Steve Boddicker, Brandon Proctor, Peter Devlin, sound editing with Benjamin Burt and Steve Boddicker, original score, Ludwig Gorenson. I love that Black Panther score. So happy it got nominated. Production design with Hannah Beekler and Jay Hart, original song for all the stars, Mark Spears, Kendrick Lamar, Anthony Tiffith, Solana Rowe, and Al Shuckberg. And then, of course, that best fi- the Best Picture nomination which is credited to the producer of the film, which is, of course, Kevin Feige. So Kevin Feige is an Academy Award nominee after all this time with Marvel Studios. So congratulations to all of them. And again, everybody in their departments who were nominated, uh, you know, who are represented through these nominations, because 
this film, it was an absolute team effort, and there's no way that it could have been done without the contributions of these folks, but there's also no way it could have been as great as it was without the vision of Ryan Coogler. I really wish he had been nominated for Best Director. I would have picked him over... I'm not, I, don't, I don't want to throw shade, but I would have picked him over at least one of the nominees who made this list. And uh, it's a shame that he wasn't nominated, but maybe he'll get it on the next one, uh, which doesn't justify him not getting this one, but I have to, <laughs> I just have to let that go. I also wish it had been nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay, which would have been Ryan Coogler and Joe Robert Cole. That would have just been so fantastic if we had seen that. That could have also resulted in story credits uh, for... Jack Kirby and Stanley creating the characters. Uh, so I'm a little bummed that that one didn't happen. I don't know how it wasn't nominated for makeup and hairstyling. That's a definite snub for me when it comes to Black Panther. And I also think that Michael B. Jordan, as you mentioned, Paul, uh, the performance in, in the, the performances in this film were extraordinary. Uh, I would also add in Letitia Wright as Shuri, Denai Guerrero as Okoye, and, and uh, Lupita Nyong'o as Nakia as being right up there with Chadwick Boseman and, and Michael B. Jordan as far as their performances in this film. Uh, but Michael B. Jordan in particular for Best Supporting Actor, he should be on that list. And uh, there's there's easily at least one name I would take, uh, I would take out to put uh, Michael B. Jordan in place of. Uh, he really deserved a, a nomination here. So Black Panther got... Seven nominations, and it deserved each and every one of them. But as I said, it could have easily gotten uh, a few more, and, and it would have deserved it in those categories as well. Uh, and I know this is this conversation has been mainly about Black Panther, Paul, but Avengers Infinity War did get nominated for its best, uh, for its visual effects. And I think you and I are both in agreement that it deserved probably more than just that one, but... Yeah. But I understand why it why it went down the way that it did. Uh, but I got to give credit to Dan DeLue, Kelly Port, Russell Earl, and special effects. They're the visual effects supervisors, and then special effects supervisor Dan Suddick. Uh, they're the nominees, but of course they represent departments and a visual effects team that is hundreds or thousands of people across different VFX houses that all made that all helped make that film what it was. And, and Infinity War clearly has the greatest visual effect of the year in Thanos. And speaking of which, it was performance capture. It's not just completely animated and then Josh Brolin does voice work. The Academy still hasn't caught up to this, and you know Josh Brolin can relate to Andy Serkis in, in terms of not being recognized for the performance when it's, when it, when it's the, through uh, performance capture. So it's unfortunate that he wasn't recognized because that was an extraordinary performance that he gave as Thanos Absolutely. as well. Uh, but uh, so this... It's not all mission accomplished in terms of every single film that we see that deserves recognition getting what it, uh, you know, getting it. But at least it finally happened in the case of Black Panther, and hopefully it will happen again for another deserving film. Yeah, I, I really thought Josh Brolin should have been nominated for Best Supporting Actor or, or Best Actor. He he was phenomenal as Thanos. I felt. He again, I, I put Thanos up there with Ledger's Joker as one of the best superhero villains, you know, in, in movie history. And I think Ledger's is better. And I've said this, I've said this on the podcast, like, you know, you know, back in the day that Burl's performance as Thanos is incredible. It's super great. And it it's mind blowing. It's always my my favorite part of the movie is, is Thanos. The fact they make, you know, he's so. 
he's so uh, twisted, but he's so, but he feels that he's so right. He really is the hero in his own story. And you really just can't help but see that. And it's really incredible. And um, yeah, I, 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 it's a shame that he didn't get nominated, but best by far the, the effects in infinity War are incredible. The black order looking insane. Um, you know, I mean, for me anyway, I, I love them. So yeah, they're, it's 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 a shame that, that Brolin didn't get nominated. I I really do feel that he she should have, but like you said, you know, we're not, it's still not work to be done. But this is a great first step. It is, and you know that's it's well, I guess it's more than a first step, but it is a huge, I think, a big leap forward for these films to see Black Panther recognized in in that way, and and so it's it's very significant for Black Panther in the here and now to get the recognition that it deserves but it's going to carry forward. And this is something that, uh, you know, people might roll their eyes at it, but Kevin Feige has said on many occasions, this is why he doesn't really get into the whole Marvel versus DC rivalry, because so many people lump these films together anyway, regardless of who makes them, regardless of what studio is behind it, regardless of the director, a superhero movie is a superhero movie and that's it. But, that's not but so that's not actually true but because that is a perception that's held by so many and you understand that that to them that is their reality a bad superhero movie is you know it's bad for everyone uh, you know an unsuccessful superhero movie is bad news for everyone a successful superhero movie is good news for everyone so in the same way that when a superhero movie or superhero based movie comes out. It's a massive hit and audiences love it. In addition to being a success for that studio at that time, it also continues to keep the audience, maintain the audience's appetite for movies based on comic book superheroes. And when a movie comes out and does something different within this space, it expands that appetite. It expands what the audience is willing to accept or what they can embrace from these films or what they you know, it expands their own ideas of what these films can be, and, and and they get and they get excited by the variety. They get excited by ideas that feel fresh. I mean, there may be some elements of superhero movies that always feel familiar, but when there are enough new and fresh elements in them, that keeps the appetite for these movies going. And so now, in in a similar fashion, you know, when you see something like Black Panther take such a big step forward in the genre, getting a Best Picture nomination that will that changes the way it helps reshape the way people are going to talk about these films and the academy is changing the academy is evolving it's not happening fast but it's happening we have evidence of that with black panther even being nominated in the first place and so i think this is a sign of things to come it doesn't mean the path is clear now completely for superhero-based movies to get nominations like these in the future. It's not going to be easy for it to happen, but at least now it's been definitively proven that it's possible. And there have been times along this way, especially since The Dark Knight, that I didn't think it was possible. And if Black Panther hadn't been nominated this week, I probably would have gone back to being convinced that it wasn't possible and it was just never going to happen. But now we know that it has happened and it's going to happen again. I don't know which film is going to be next and what year it's going to be or what studio it's going to be from. I don't care. 
what that, you know, as far as went, well, I hope it's not too long from now. So I do care about the year that it happens. Uh, it doesn't matter what studio it's from. I'm just happy that it's out there now for filmmakers who come in and hand in great work in this genre and they deliver for audiences something that is special, something that elevates and expands the idea of what a superhero-based movie can be in some way that it's now possible for them to get the recognition that they deserve. It's not going to happen in every case, but it's going to start happening in more and more cases as we go on. And that is an important step because we're coming from, we're now, we're coming previously from a space where no matter how much that recognition was deserved, it didn't happen. Now it can actually happen. And that's just amazing. So I absolutely love it. Uh, So congratulations once again to Ryan Coogler and Kevin Feige and everybody who made Black Panther what it was because it was absolutely a team effort, regardless of the names that are attached to the nominations. Yes, they deserve it. But they're everybody who helped make this film what it was. They share and they should share in this celebration of the movie. So congratulations to all of them. We are going to have a Patreon credit scene for this episode. We're going to talk about some new mutants rumors and talk a little bit about Dark Phoenix as well. So you can check that out. And again, all of our other exclusives, you can find more information at patreon.com slash Marvel Studios News. And you can follow us every day on the website, marvelstudiosnews.com. And socially, Facebook and Instagram at Marvel Studios News and on Twitter at Marvel Newscast. Paul, where can they find you? Find me on Twitter at Herman22 with two N's, a.k.a. P-Thug. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. Sean Gerber, Sean spelled S-E-A-N. So for Paul, I'm Sean. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next time. <laughs>